All right, everyone. What's going on? This is What's the Wave, episode number four. My name is Brandon, and I'm joined by Talil. Talil, what's going on? What it do? How's your day going, man? You guys can't complain, you know? Hey. Hey, sounds like your day was much less more eventful than mine, because, boy, I had a day today. I ain't going to get into it on it, but, you know. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Listen, man, just know, people with power, they're not the best type of people to be around. Just know. I'll get into detail maybe some other time. But uh, uh, let me ask you a question. All right. Are you kind of, sort of happy that football is back? Am I sort of happy? I mean, I'm very happy. Very happy. Hey, listen, man. Aside from all the Trump stuff and the Colin Kaepernick issues, I've been excited for football. I'm not too excited. Man, you have no idea. Seeing the kickoff, watching my... But I don't know why you're excited because you're a Browns, you're a Bears fan. I don't understand why you. Okay, just because both of your quarterbacks was doing good, I don't want to hear none of this. I'm just, I'm not, confused as I, to why you're excited. I listen, listen. As far as I'm concerned, we're in the same boat. So I don't know where you're getting me? all this. You heard what I said. The same boat. Did you not see Darnold? Am I? Are you blind? okay? Darnold did pretty good. Big Wolf. Okay. I, I need to see the next three games though. Oh, don't worry. You but, want to see more than the next two games because he's going to start this season. Don't okay. Even, don't even trip. Hey, listen, I, I'm with you, but let's let's save all that for our first topic. So, all right, but every everyone was playing this weekend. Well, of, of course, everyone was playing this week. Right. But I need to know from you who stood out to you the most. <clears throat> as far as they could be a rookie, they could be a veteran. Who stood out to you the most? Who stood out the most? I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield. Are you going to elaborate on that? <laughs> I mean, his numbers, they were okay. He went 11 of 20. That's not the best completion percentage. But 212 yards, two touchdowns, and he seemed like he was really, really poised in the pocket. He made a couple plays with his feet, and I, I, I was impressed by it. You know something? Damn you, man, because you took the words right out of my mouth. Baker Mayfield was, was pretty damn good exactly. Thursday night. I mean, you know, it, despite the fact it was against second strings, third strings, he looked very, very poised. He he he. It looked like he was there before. And, right. and, you know, one of the concerns was he was such a college-style quarterback that it was there was a concern going over from Oklahoma – he will not be able to do the same things. It was kind of like a Johnny Manziel uh, syndrome thing going yeah. on. So that that really impressed me. But since, for the sake of me being a guy that doesn't want to agree with you, um, I'm going to go with oh, Teddy Bridgewater. Cool. Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater played excellent. I mean, this is a guy that's on the trade market. He, he there's rumors around that he might get traded. You know, after you know. After uh, preseason, and I think that should be the case, by the way, because I don't think he's going to start. But mm-hmm. he he looked like the quarterback that he was before he could, he suffered that gruesome freak injury they did yeah, two years ago. And even, even bring that back up. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was terrible. It was terrible. But that's I think low key that's one of the best storylines of the preseason what, weekend. What, Teddy two gloves. Oh yeah, absolutely. But listen, man. After all that man has been through, 
And for him to still have the will and, you know, to play football, that's amazing to me to see him out there keep doing what he's doing and whatnot. And, you know, I, you know, I, I wrote this down in my notes too, and I've been saying this for the longest. In my opinion, the Jaguars made a big mistake putting their faith into Blake Borders completely because in my opinion, in, in my opinion, yeah, Blake Borders led them into the AFC Championship game, but is that a guy that you're going to be scared of to play and, you know, make, like, every all 16 games? Absolutely not. And and I think what we've seen from Borders is that he's a very, very streaky quarterback. He's not a guy who's going to consistently put up numbers. Yeah. So I mean, this new guy, Cody uh, Kessler, he had a pretty good game. Cody Kessler, um, see, what – I am sour on is the fact that we've seen this experiment with Kessler before. Now, granted, he was in Cleveland. He did not have the weapons around him, but we've seen the experiment before. And, you know, I don't, and by, and by, by all means, I don't think Kessler's a bad quarterback, by the way. He's not a bad quarterback. Yeah, he, he had a good showing. Yeah, yeah, he had a good showing. So I'm going to give him credit where credit is due, but I think that in the sake of the Jaguars, a team that is – most likely going to compete in the uh, in the AFC in general, not just the AFC South. Like they may just win the AFC South, despite the fact that Bortles is their quarterback because their defense is their defense is. A, I mean, listen, we, that's a long we, shot. Bro. I don't think a long shot. I mean, you think that they have a legitimate shot to win the AFC South? I mean, not. Oh, I mean, of course they have a legitimate shot, but to compete. In the AFC. This was the same team that was in the AFC Championship just last year. I understand that, but and, do you trust Blake Bortles twice? I mean... Two years in a row? Listen, we've seen double magic happen with these quarterbacks before. You ever heard of Mark Sanchez? I know you heard of Mark Sanchez. Oh, of course I've heard of Mark Sanchez. Don't hey, uh, Of course. The great Mark Sanchez. The great Mark Sanchez. You mean buff former Mark Sanchez? Mark Sanchez? Buff former Mark Sanchez? Don't get me started that on that. Okay, listen, listen. That wasn't his fault. How in the hell do you slide down and hit your offensive lineman's backside? How does that happen? He passed block a little bit too deep, and you know, Mark, he was trying to get out of it. And that sounds like a whole bunch of excuses to me. But we, but listen, nah, stop it, stop it. That's a whole bunch of excuses. But listen, here's here's the deal. I think with a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, they have done. I mean, like, just look at the pieces they have around them. Yeah, they lost Allen Hearns, they lost Allen Robinson, but they still have a, mm-hmm. a legitimate wide receiving core with Dante Moncrief. They have Keelan Cole, and uh, names are not popping up right now, but I'll, you know, it'll, it'll get to me yeah. eventually. And they have one of the best young running backs in the league, Leonard Fournette. Ooh, Leonard Fournette, yikes. Leonard Fournette. Yeah. So, with all that being said, Teddy Bridgewater could be a team that could lead a team. It could be the guy that could lead a team to a uh, better chance at beating New England than Blake Bortles, in my opinion. Because we also got to remember the last time uh, Teddy Bridgewater was in playing a uh, playoff game as a quarterback, he almost beat the Seattle Seahawks, but it took Blair Walsh missing a kick that probably I could make, and that's that's not a compliment whatsoever. No disrespect whatsoever, but. You know, I, I people. I think people have forgotten that Teddy Bridgewater is a capable NFL quarterback, and yeah. and um, if I am the Jets, I might sell high 
for Teddy Bridgewater because he 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 might he might be in demand. He might be in very high demand. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. It's just I might be nitpicking a little bit here, but it's just something about a quarterback wearing two gloves that just is just I don't know. Well, yeah, it's like, definitely I, I like Teddy, but it's just I, it's weird. I can't have my starting quarterback wearing two gloves. It's just. I don't know, man. If that if that's what I, you're concerned about, then boy, I feel bad for you. The, I know he's he's a great talent and all, but the two gloves thing is just uh, it's cringy, you know. It's not. It's not. The thing is, you know, but today's NFL. Like we, we've seen we've seen the one glove thing with uh, let me see who who wore Michael Vick. Who, Michael Vick. We've even, I've even seen, I think, Kurt Warner was. Yeah, Kurt Warner did. Yes, he did. And that was even cringy. I, I just, the two glove thing is just. I, yeah, not. considering the fact that, you know, I've been watching Kurt, who's, by the way, one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. Um, for the fact underrated. I've seen him, oh, criminally underrated, but um, the fact I've seen him, you know, play for most of my life, you know, then he goes to Arizona, he starts wearing two gloves. I'm just like, uh, okay, yeah. uh, that's pretty uh, strange, but, yeah, but, yeah. um, but um, so I want to move on from that from Teddy. Uh, you know, okay. I don't want to make this into a Jets podcast, but how do you feel? Because you know, this is the time. Listen, st- I, listen, chill out. Y'all ain't... This is a pivotal point in Jets football. Oh, absolutely! I, I totally agree. Show some respect. I, I, I listen. Believe me, I've said on numerous occasions that when the Jets are competing. The football is just fun. It, they're just one of those teams because you, yeah. you just have to talk about them. But I have to get your thoughts on Sam Darnold. I know you say he's going to be the starter by the end of the preseason, but I want to know your, you know, your exact thoughts on him. Oh, I like Darnold. I think um, Darnold has some intangibles that I like a lot. Um, he's a little bit of. What's the word I'm looking for? He's it's a little rough, you know. What I, do you mean by I rough? Think, like he's I can't really put it into words. Are is it like it's, are you trying to say it's like he's like it's just like a raw talent or like is that is that where you're heading or uh kinda, yeah. See like he's Wait, go ahead, go ahead, go. Oh, 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 I was going to say, when I watched Darno play Friday night, I was like, you know what? He He's going to be a guy that, you know, it's going to take time for him to really grasp being the starting quarterback. But do I think it's going to take a lot of time? No. When I see Sam Darno, I see Tony Romo. I really do because the arm talent is there. I was thinking that The too. arm talent is there. And one thing that Romo did – that Darnold does, and Romo did very, very underratedly, if that's even a word. Um, he was very elusive in the pocket. He knew he 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 braced for the rush and he got away. And that was one of the things that stood out with people when he was at USC. That's why he was the number one prospect going into last season in college football. And of course, the drop off came when he we threw the when he had a lot of turnovers. And you know, as a rookie, that's going to come. You think rookie's going to turn the football over? That's just a given, but. Um, I mean, he's very poised in the pocket. He, like that. That, that is in terms of a pocket passer. He's 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 pretty good. Absolutely, and and when I when I see Dar- like I think Darnold's in the right position right now because you look at the Jets' receiving core. 
Or even who do you have in the backfield? Because look, unless Elijah McGuire is going to be out for some time, that's going to be a big blow. But they still have Isaiah Crowell. They still have Thomas Ross, who could stay if he's if Thomas Ross stays healthy. That is a guy. That's a steal right there. The guy, the Jets got free agency. He's a he's a stud. Right. Then you have Robbie Anderson, who was a fantasy breakout star. And by the way, for you fantasy owners, think of Robbie Anderson. He was pretty damn good last year. Um, Quincy Inunue, if he gets healthy, that's a big help. And a guy, a signing that went under the radar this past offseason, Terrell Pryor. Now, <clears throat> in my opinion, Terrell Pryor had a, well, he had a clearly had a down season, but I feel <clears throat> as though he's in a better situation because in Washington, he was betting on himself. Maybe that added to the pressure that was put on him. And I think with the Jets, he's going to be much more loose, and he's going to be like, all right, I'm just here to play, and if I make my money, I make my money. So those are two the, the those two things, the running back core and the wide receiving core, that's going to be a big, big help for Darnold. And, yeah. and, it's, and it's unfortunate that the Jets didn't wasn't re- able uh, it wasn't able to resign. Austin Safari and Jenkins in the uh, offseason because he was a very, very big target for Josh McCown last season. Sure. So, <clears throat> so we, we touched on the uh, positive side of things. Negative, what, what, what negative came out of this past preseason, week one? Week one negatives. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley. Ooh. <laughs> you got to elaborate because you, you might I be mean, on to something. I mean, granted, he had the 39-yard run, which was – it was a great run. He showed a lot of patience and poise, and he's real fast. Like, I didn't know he was that fast. Do you see the, do you see the size of his thighs? Yeah. I mean, for him to be – he's, what, six – he's, like, 5'11", 230. Dude's a he's, a – he's a unit. He's an absolute he's, unit. Like, like he, was, he was running, and he was running kind of sideways, but it was full speed at the same time, and he – like, he kept that balance and kept going sideline, but – but yeah, aside from that 30, 39-yard run, what was it after that? He went two yards, negative. It wasn't much. Two. It wasn't much. Yeah. He finished with four rushing attempts for 43 yards, but it wasn't really spectacular after that 39-yard run. And I guess this is going to kind of showcase just the kind of running back he is. You know, he's not that, not that running back that will consistently give you four or five yards to carry. He's going to He's gonna get negatives and negatives and small games, and then out of nowhere, he's gonna do that that one big play. Right. So he's not that. He's not that. Uh, what's a good example? Marshawn Lynch is a good example. You know, um, like those running backs that can consistently give you good yardage. I don't think he's gonna be that. But yeah, Saquon Barkley, he kind of. I was a little so, disappointed. So, so I had time to think about it, and there was a lot of buzz around the run because, I mean, I mean Barkley. I mean that was an impressive run for your very first run in NFL because yeah, preseason, yeah. regular season. But one impressive. thing, but one thing I've noticed because I'm a Big Ten guy, I'm a Michigan fan, so obviously I know about Big Ten football. And when I think about what you just That's said. Another thing. When, I, when I think about what you just said, I go back to the Ohio State game of last year. Now, if anyone knows, Barkley, on the first play of the game, he took back a kick return. Right. And everyone thought this was his game. He's going he's gonna to win the Heisman with that game. His, his stats weren't good. 
I mean, he got shut out. And, like, granted, this is Ohio State's defense. The team is notoriously known for a good defense. But in my opinion, you you, you know, I'm not going to say you have to be a Zeke Elliott. You have to be an Adrian Peterson or you have to be any of these marquee running backs we've seen in our, in our past, you know, past years of watching college football. But what the Giants specifically need is a running back that's going to take over a game. That's what they need because, yeah. you like, one thing – because I remember Giants fans – well, I Giants fans that I have as friends, they were not happy about Saquon Barkley getting drafted by them. But I said, I said listen, let, let's think about this real quick. Saquon Barkley can – can he take over a game? I think he can. That's just a matter of, you know, the offensive line. And Peste had a very good offensive line, by the way, so you, you can't, you know – can't give him an excuse for that. But um, Eli is not the same quarterback. He, I mean, I mean, if I'm a Giants fan, I'm hoping this, this is his last season as the starting quarterback. Well, I mean, when you say same quarterback, what do you mean exactly? Well, okay, I know what you're going to get, <clears throat> get at. I know what you're going to get yeah. at because I think, are you in the crowd that Eli Manning is overrated quarterback? I'm not going to say he's overrated, but he's – He is who he is. I don't think – Yeah, he is who he is. All right. So, we're we on the same page with that. Yeah. But I think what we both can also agree on is that there's been a precipitous drop from his uh, game in the past couple of years. He's throwing more interceptions. He's not throwing the ball deep with much uh, – um, He's not throwing the ball deep with much accuracy at all, and I think that is alarming for Giants fans. Now – we know that now eventually they're going to start stacking the box against Barkley if he starts like, you know, really like, taking over games and that's going to right. force Eli to throw the football. But one thing that we had, one thing we've learned as football fans for a very, very long time, you do not count out Eli Manning. We've seen it twice. So with that, at least in the postseason, you don't count. Him out. Well, but that, yeah, that's the thing though. Eli's the type of quarterback that's he's streaky. Like, he will get on that hot streak, and once he gets on that hot streak, you know, it, it's dangerous. It's very, very yeah, dangerous. Postseason post Eli is, is different. He's different. Regular season. Exactly. So, with that being said, um, Barkley, he's going to need to be that bell cow. He's going to need to be that guy that takes over games. He needs to be the Zeke to Dak Prescott. That Well, yeah, Zeke Dak Prescott. So, yeah, yeah. So, I don't even know why. Just to kind of get your, get your take, because we never, I never really asked you this, so I'll ask you this now. Just briefly, if you were the Giants, right? Mm-hmm. And it was draft night, and you were in that that uh that number two slot, mm-hmm. would you have taken uh, Saquon Barkley over any of the other quarterbacks available? You see, when here's my thing. Mm-hmm. The Giants, they weren't good last year, but that's not, that's not a testament to their talent. And I think because we just remembered, like they didn't lose a lot of talent from the playoff team they, that they were in 2016. Right. They just had a lot of injuries, and they had an incompetent head coach in Ben McAdoo. So there's that. I you and in a Giants case, you have to take the best player available because there wasn't a, an extreme need for a quarterback. And I know people want. I know, I know there's people that want. Uh, uh, Eli Manning to not be the starting quarterback. They want to go young and. 
you have guys like Baker Mayfield who brings the energy to the team that Odell Beckham does and in that dynamic of a young team with a young quarterback that would work uh, greatly in the Giants' uh, favor. But right. in, in that case, I, I think in that in Giants' case, they went the right way in getting um, Barkley with that second pick. I know you said it's supposed to be brief, but, but – so you wouldn't have went with Josh Allen or Donald or Josh Allen? No, I uh, I'm not high on Josh Allen. He has a big arm, really? but I don't see him. It, it, I have to see the thing about Josh Allen is, and by the way, his arm talent is ridiculous. I don't know if you've seen the it, throws yeah. he was making against Carolina, but good lord, that kid has yeah. an arm on him, and it's it's with ease with too. It's ease. Not even like it, it is effortless yeah. how he throws the football, and I'm I, I was thoroughly impressed by that. Right. But he to me, like when I think about quarterbacks, and this is this is this is gonna I already know what this point is gonna be counterpointed with, but just bear with me. And okay. big games we've seen um Josh Allen really struggle. But why was he drafted? Because he was a big he was a big guy with a with a big arm, and regardless of what school he came from, which is Wyoming and who who and who the hell does they play every year. You know, he's going to get that press. And one thing that I saw from Allen, he will, he will make the throws, but he also makes silly throws. He's a gunslinger. And I think, um, th- is that fixable? Absolutely. But in the system of Buffalo, he may not, he may not succeed because they don't have a, a real offensive mind. And we saw that with Tyrod Taylor and Nathan Peterman last season. No, don't disrespect Tyrod Taylor. He's a, he's a good quarterback, but he's not a, you know, He's not a groundbreaker quarterback. But uh, sure. with Pat Shermer, I think he could have made progress, especially sitting a year behind Eli Manning. So there's that. I, I probably would have – Josh Allen. Josh Rosen, on the other hand, and, and by the way, Josh Rosen is the guy that has disappointed me the most this preseason uh, weekend. Um, he just has that talent about him. He just like he like the way he carries himself. He he's a leader. You can tell because even with the opinions he has on college uh, sports in general, you can just tell that this guy he he beats his own drum and he takes a leadership that not many people will take because you know they you know they they don't they're not built like that. Right. But um, I probably would take Rosen at that number two. But but going back to uh, Rosen, I think. We saw what we saw from Rosen. It wasn't really his fault, unfortunately. He was getting pressured the entire night by the Chargers, and I think there was a game plan, regardless of whether it was preseason or not. We are going to expose him. We're going to get him out of the pocket because one of the things that people did not like about Rosen at first was the fact that he couldn't really get out the pocket well like other quarterbacks can, like the Darnolds and the Mayfields and the Jacksons and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, it's a fixable thing. Now, one thing I will say, regardless of who the quarterback is for Arizona, they need to get that offensive line together because yeah. Bradford will get killed on, on the, in that offensive line. We know Bradford is not the most durable guy in the world yeah, at all. Injury prone. So – and one concern about Rosen was the fact he had a couple of concussions in college. Yeah. So the Cardinals are going to have to do a better job this, uh, 
protecting him. But you know, and, and the thing about this conversation is, it's only the it's only the first game of their professional careers. They'll figure stuff out, you know, unless yeah. unless their coaching staff is completely incompetent, you know, whatever. Right. But um, real brief, right before we transition from preseason, real quick, what was your take on the whole? Kelvin Benjamin Sam Cam Newton uh, situation. Oh, oh, thank you for asking me this because the nerve of Kelvin Benjamin to say what he said about Cam Newton. The like this is the same dude who came. He he looked like a damn defensive lineman coming into training camp one year. But no, let me blame Cam for why I I didn't have a successful career in Carolina. Then. And the that fact was, that, yeah. and the fact that he brushed him off when Cam tried to confront him. Now, there are questions whether Cam could have handled that better the way he approached him because he did bump right. him that like. That my next question to you. Like, how do you think? How do you think Cam handled it? How do you think Kelvin Benjamin handled it? Who was right? Who was wrong? See, now here, now here's my thing. I see it from both sides. From Cam's side, I see it as like, what's good? Why are you saying these things about me? You couldn't talk to me about it. Like, what's good? Right. But. Kelvin was in the mindset of I'm trying to get ready for this football game, blah, 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 this and that. So what I would say, I'm I'm on Cam's side on the way he handled it and how, you know, and the whole situation because I think there's there is some bitterness from Kelvin that Cam had his best season and MVP season at that when Kelvin Benjamin was on the IR. Right. So Missing out on that, I think he's still bitter about that, and you know, and but and sort of record. I've always found Kevin Benjamin to to be an overrated wide receiver. I think now with the weapons that Cam has with Dylan, oh, I said I about to say Dylan McCaffrey. Um, man, what's what's old dude's first name? McCaffrey, um, Christian McCaffrey. Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah, Christian. McCaffrey. Hey, I'm not a football mode yet. Give me some, give me some time, y'all. But um. You got Christian McCaffrey, you got Curtis Samuel, he got DJ Moore. By the way, remember the name of DJ Moore. That kid's gonna be a stud. Then you have uh Greg Olson still, you still have Devin Funches. We're gonna see what Cam's all about. We're gonna see if uh Ken, uh Kelvin is right about Cam. I mean, see. he was he was right about some things because you know Cam isn't the most accurate quarterback. That is true. I think in his career he's gonna be thrown over 60% completion about two times. So he's not he's not the best. Uh, when it comes to accuracy, I, I that, that. My bad, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. During that that whole video incident, I could see why Benjamin might have felt, you know, reluctant or whatever. Because when Ken was coming up, he kind of he kind of made body contact with Benjamin. I don't know if you've seen it. It was like he got all up in his personal space, and yeah, at that point, if I'm Benjamin, I probably wouldn't want to talk to Cam either because it started out kind of confrontational. And I mean, I know Cam put his hands behind his back, but he kept following him around, and he's he's like real close. And so I wouldn't, I mean, I can understand why he would kind of just want to brush it off, even though I feel like he deserves Cam deserves an explanation because it was out of the blue and it didn't make sense. But right, I I, to, yeah. I totally I totally agree. And um, this is going to be revisited later in the season when we see Cam's uh, finish the stats for the season and and where they end up. In the NFC South, or even, and just maybe if they even reach the wild card. 
But right. we we all know what Kevin, uh, Cam can do. He's he's instead of a quarterback, he's, he's he's listen. If he puts it all together, he's a top five quarterback in the league, in my opinion. He's an amazing athlete. Amazing athlete. He's he's a he's a unit as a quarterback, and it's not even fair. So yeah. we're gonna move on to the next topic. Ooh, transitions is failing me tonight. <laughs> all right, Uh-oh. listen. Like we said, things things happen on a podcast. We can't expect them all to um to go well. You know, it, it just happens. But let's move on. Okay. So one thing that's really pissed me off about the NFL for quite some time, it's not just recently, is their willingness to change the game of football. Now, with that being said, they incorporated a new helmet rule that you cannot lead with the helmet. Now, we've heard this before, but they have simplified the rule. If the crown, like the crown of the helmet, can't, you can't lead with the crown of your helmet. And we thought that was the rule, but it, you know, it wasn't really Im- uh, implemented that well. But now this, this preseason, we have seen some hits that have been called back and we're just like, what in the hell are we watching? This is not the football I grew up with. This is just... It's not fair to the players because this reverts back to uh, the Roquan Smith situation and the holdup with him uh, signing his rookie contract is language in his deal that if he gets suspended or fined for um, any of these new rules... They have the Bears organization can uh, nullify his guaranteed money, and I think it's completely unfair, especially no, with how how shoddy this rule is. This rule, this rule is terrible at this point, at this moment in time. And I want to get your take on this because one thing, <clears throat> one thing I really loved was Andrew Sandejo of the uh, Minnesota Vikings wearing a hat saying "Make football violent again." Now, let's be clear about something. We don't want anyone to get hurt. I think that's what's being lost in what yeah, people... Yeah, that's the misconception. Yeah, we don't want people getting hurt. We just don't want players... You want, well, players aside, we don't want the game being slowed up because you want to throw a flag for every hit. Damn it, just, yeah. just play flag football. What do, you, what, do you have, what do you have to say about this? Well, I mean, I, I played football, right? Right. And one of the techniques that was used, that I was taught, was that there's three points of contact when you make contact. Right. There's there's your arms or your hands if you're a defensive lineman, and then there's the crown of your helmet. And when you tackle, you they also teach you to wrap up and use the crown of your helmet to kind of wrap up. Right. And so for the NFL to implement these new rules and change things up, it's almost like you're changing the technique in which – all of these NFL players have been practicing and perfecting their whole lives. Absolutely. You just expect them to to be able to adapt and adjust in in like record time. Like if you if you watch NFL games either on TV or up close, like the speed in which everything happened is real quick. Absolutely. So it's like to be able to judge something whether it was intentional or anything like that is kinda hard because everything is just moving fast and you don't have that much time to to sit and think, oh, can I hit him with the crown or should I? It's just all reactive. So there's going to be a lot of controversy with these rules and 
I don't know. I couldn't agree with more with everything you just said. And one thing about me, I've never played football, but I played basketball. That's a different discussion for a different day. But um, I've uh, don't play with me. Don't play with me. But um, <laughs> let wait before we continue. Please don't lie to the audience. You you attempt to play. That's not you don't play. You attempt. Well, just because I just a, because I haven't played pickup basketball in a couple of years, I don't mean I never played basketball in my life. Like, let's be don't be disrespectful now. You let's okay. not be disrespectful. Come on now. Come on now. Okay, real brief. If we had like a pickup game, are you like are you like to pick the first pick or the second? Ain't nobody pick? picking first or last. Or that, like that's the, that's that's stuff that was back in early two thousands, bro. Ain't nobody doing that no more. People do that all the time. You shoot for captain, and whoever's the captain, they get picked first. Other captain get ball first. It's, it's come on now. Listen, Everybody all right, all right, all right, okay, you're right about that. But what I will, I will say, and I'm not, I'm not lying to you because I have no business lying to the public. I'm a genuine okay. person, and I, 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 I'm, I'm a truth teller. Okay. I get picked because of my height, and that's not to say I'm a bad basketball player. I, I get picked because of my height, and I think I play pretty decent defense. That's just me. That's just me. Don't okay. play because don't, don't, make, don't make me bring I'm, up Julian. Don't make me do just, it. I'm don't make listening. me do it. I'm not even. I'm just listening. Anyways. You have, you have long arms and you're tall, so, you know, I can understand that, you know. Exactly. You know what I'm talking about, too. Don't play. But, um, <laughs> but anyways, back to the point. Um, I think what, even a football, non-football fan could realize when you're running at a certain speed, do you know how hard it is to slow up your momentum and not crack somebody? Like, like, and, and this, and you got to think about it. Most of these people that's in the higher ups, other than Roger, Good, other than Roger Goodell, these guys are playing football. Like, right. So they should be able to understand. Ex- exactly. But, but this is the thing. They are sensitive because they got exposed in the movie concussion. This is, this is all that, like, the movie concussion, it, it didn't really, like, set the whole trend because this, was, this has been going on before the movie. But when, they, when people, when the, I'm pretty sure the NFL watched the movie. If they say they didn't, they're lying. So when we see stuff like that, and, and, and they know players are dying almost, like, at a ludicrous rate because of these concussions, they're, you know, they're going to run for, they're going to, like, you know, Run to that message boards and be like, okay, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna change the rules? I'm gonna do this and we're gonna do that. And listen, let's be clear about something. With what you're doing to these to these rules, you are taking money out of players' pockets. And we're gonna get later, we're gonna get to how you know players don't have a lot of leverage when it comes to, you know their own money and, like, the team because, you know, the owner's a little bit selfish sometimes, you know. Even the higher-ups are a little selfish sometimes. Right. So, this, this, this attempt to make football safe, what are we doing? We're ruining football. For, it, it's like, I know we grew up watching, you know, the jacked-up segments on uh, Sunday NFL Countdown, Monday NFL Countdown. We, we grew up watching that stuff. So, yeah. I'm an I'm a old-school football fan. I want to see players get hit. I want to right. see because that, that's football. You're taking the, the very root of football mm. out of the game just so you can cover your, your behinds because you got exposed for not settling players with concussions. And, right. that's, and, and that's wrong. Yeah. And I think this kind of brings up 
another point where it kind of exposes the NFL and their tendencies, where it seems like when they kind of get, like, their back pushed to the wall or they get, like, a, a controversial issue, they kind of act on impulse. And that's what, that's, that's what they do they act, every they did single... It with the, the kneeling, they did it with, with this. It just seems like when, when they face adversity, they just... They try to find they fold. a quick fix. They fold. And it, and it always falls back and fires back on them in the long run. And and, and it's, it's just... and that's the thing. And people wonder why Roger Goodell is a hated commissioner. You don't see this stuff from Adam Silver. Like, one thing that... Because one thing I would I, I will like for the NFL is, to do is, you know, when it's a domestic violence situation and stuff like that, let the let the things come out first. Let the team handle what they're gonna do first. Let them see, you know, what they're gonna do. If they're gonna investigate, have them suspended. You know, like you know, and have them suspended indefinitely. But for yeah. the NFL to crack down, that is that's a different that's a different thing. They need to, you know, they need to act more uh, quickly on these things, and not just quickly, but more efficiently because. It, you know, the inconsistencies of the uh, suspensions in the past years with the Brady and the Greg Hardys and the Ray Rices, it's been very, very bad. And I, and not, oh, I forgot Josh Brown. He gets two game, gets a game or two for, you know, just, you know, threatening his wife, being, beating her up, whatever. You know, it's, it, you know, this is, this stuff yeah. has been going on for yeah. too long and it is clearly a leadership issue. And the fact that Goodell c- continues to get, you know, uh, voted back into office, it's beyond me. It is absolutely beyond me how this is, they, they just have complete negligence to the situation. I mean, I think it's not negligence. I think the owners kind of see that they can they can manipulate Goodell. And so with that, they're going to want to keep him in as commissioner because they have him, you know, as a puppet. But how they can kinda... I, want, I want to ask you because I want, I want you to teach me here. How would they manipulate him? I mean, the owners, essentially, essentially, the commissioner of the NFL works for the owner. Correct. That's the way it works. Right. So if I'm an owner, right, mm-hmm. and I know I have a commissioner that's, he's kind of fickle with his decision making, and if we put enough pressure on him, he'll fold and he'll, you know, he'll lean towards whatever we want to do. I'm going to want to keep him as commissioner. Right. Because I know I can easily sway him whatever way we feel like, really. Right, right. So, so but at some point, you just have to. You have to stay solid on something. You can't just go with the wind and, you know. Yeah, I think this 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 helmet issue is going to be a major, major problem. And th- there's going to be games decided, you know, right. because of this rule. You're going to have players speaking out. You're going to have coaches speaking out. And we know what's going to happen to them. Money comes – more money comes out their um, pockets. Because you can't nice. talk – you can't talk about the great Roger Goodell. And, and yeah. I, I never understood why players get fined for speaking their mind and stuff like that. It's stupid. It's absolutely it stupid. And I, I'm just, uh, it, it, it's baffling. And I, I'm not, yeah. it, it's, it's stupid, but. Yeah, it's just, it's frustrating. It, it's very frustrating. And there needs to be some type of end game because this is not what football fans want. And they're going to continue to complain about this as long as this keeps going. And their attempt to change football and it's just not going to work. Right. So there's that. So next segment. Ah. Hey, there it is. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so 
Once again. <sighs> Once again. Donald Trump is tweeting about the NFL and the players that kneel during the National Anthem Ceremony. Uh, I mean, I mean, goodness. I mean, you know, I, 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 I thought about something earlier. We all know one of the most pettiest men in America is 50 Cent. You follow on Instagram, you know how petty that man is. He's been petty before. Instagram before Twitter, he just been- oh yeah, of, of course. But if you follow on Instagram, you would know just how petty Fifty Cent is. Very. But goodness, Donald Trump may have surpassed him as the most pettiest man in the world. Not not no, not just now in the world. He's the most. Petty- I've never met a president with so much free time. I've never. I don't understand it. Oh, we can get so much see. Listen, we can get very, very political in that case, but I'm not going to do that. But Cassini has a lot of free time. Is he pulling the strings? Let's lay that as a rhetorical question. But I mean, at this point, people are just arguing against semantics and facts because. We have known since Colin Kaepernick took that knee during preseason of 2016, he laid it all out for us. He said, I don't like the fact that minorities are being gunned down the streets and police are getting off with paid leave. This has nothing to do with the military. And the most one of the most important parts, but one of the parts that's not mentioned enough, is that at first he sat down during the National Anthem, but then he met up with uh, veteran Nate Boyer, and he told him, just kneel, because that just seems, you know, less disrespectful to our National Anthem. And still... Still, even to this day, the narrative is constantly changing. And I'm just, and and people that are against it, they are making it about the military. They are making it about the military, not the players. They are making it about the military. And what I'm just, uh, well, I do understand. Let's be clear about this. Why is the narrative changing so much about the national anthem, uh, the protest during the national anthem? Because it's not a national anthem protest. It's a protest during the national anthem. There's a difference. But why, right. but why is this the case? They don't care about, they don't care about why the players are protesting. Well, the actual issue, they don't care. Because it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't apply to them. Now, I brought this up because one of my friends is adamant that this disrespects the military, this disrespects the flag, this disrespects everything. One, the national anthem is a symbol of our, of our country. It is a song that we sing to, you know, embrace our freedom and our liberty. But the man takes that flag and makes it about people that he considers to be fine young people that have a mind of their own and he won't say that but we're talking about white supremacists he's taking that flag he's made it that this is our country 
this is our country. And that's, and when we went as a minority, when I look at them, I'm just like, should I be kneeling for that? Should I be kneeling for that flag? Because I've seen instances where people come back for fighting for, for this country and get treated like crap. I've seen people who, who run track, do everything for the Olympics. They still get treated like crap. Well, no, why? Because this is another black person. That's why. And number two, let me ask you a question, Talo. Shoot. If this protest was about the treatment of veterans when they return to America, because it's not that it's not good, right? Would this be an issue? Well, of course not. Of course not. Because if that was the case, then there would really be no room for Donald Trump to spin it into something like that. Absolutely. People need to wake up. People need to wake up. Because now you're just arguing facts. Because when someone says, oh, they're protesting the, the injustices that go on in this country when it comes to minorities, what do they say? I don't agree. I don't agree. They should. They need to follow. They need to obey the law. They need to do this. They need to do that. Right. But you But it's facts that you're going against. This is facts. They, like, unless you could read minds and you can read what these players are saying, and if they're on the other side of the fence, let me know. But other than that. All you're doing is just going against what these players are saying because simply you just don't care about this about the, the situation that they're going through. That's it. Go ahead. Well, I agree with everything you said. Um, just to kind of add on to your point, I do think that if this was a protest about um, veterans being treated unfair or lack of support when they do come home, nobody would argue that it's that the protest uh, was disrespectful was disrespectful or unpatriotic because it seems like when things are about minorities and there's issues and we try to protest either we're being disrespectful to a to a large body or we're or we're nagging and we're complaining and we're mm-hmm. ungrateful but it's but it's not this is this is facts and the fact that the american people allow donald trump to kind of manipulate this from being a a protest on police brutality to it being flipped to African-American football players disrespecting the military is just, it's crazy to me. And and here's my thing. And it's like, goodness, where we are as American people is that one man could change our whole mindset on something. Now, there were, now, don't get me wrong. There was people from the jump that did not like the protest. But, but, uh, you got people saying, oh, like, oh, if he knows for the anthem, breach his contract. Donate his money to uh to any charity of their choice. I've I've yeah. heard that before. I've heard it. Yeah. And I'm just like, so so yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm it frustrates me talking about this. Because it's it's not a matter of it, it, it's just a matter of facts. 
And if you're denying facts, then you're simply wrong. You simply are wrong. Now, if you want to have a debate about uh, police brutality, then that's no, that's the debate that can be had. But stop saying what well, every time this subject being brought up. What about Chicago? What about Chicago? Chicago is bad. We know this. You're not going to find any black activist that says Chicago is a, is a very fine place. You're not going to find it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that y'all want to flip the, the, the narrative to, you know, this being an issue about Chicago and not about minorities being gunned down unjustly, there's, that's a problem. Right. That's a problem. And just even... Right, and even that argument itself, it kind of, it kind of pinpoints exactly what it is that we're protesting. For the people to say, "Oh, what about Chicago? They kill each other there, so why is it a big deal if the cops kill them?" You, that's the same mentality that the cops have, which is why we're protesting. It's just, you're just, you're just reiterating why the protest matters. They don't get it. They, they simply don't get it. And you know, I'm not, and you know, I'm all for people. You know, taking the knee and whatnot because I know. I well, well, kind I kind of do know. I kind of don't know what players are protesting now. But if you stand for the anthem, that's fine. Just don't be a Dak Prescott and bash those who actually want to take a stand for something. Because that just looks terrible on you. It really does. He's he's looked at in a terrible light now. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Let's move on. So, what time is it? It's time for What's On Your Mind. So, Talo, what's on your mind? What's on my mind? Well, I know I'm a little late with this, uh, bringing up this topic and bringing up this point, Mm -hmm. but what's on my mind is Terrell Owens. And more specifically, the media and how the media um, manipulates. And it kind of, it makes the media kind of, it does things for its own good. I'll give you an example, right? Correct. Go ahead. We all know, we all know Terrell, Terrell Owens was a, an iconic uh, wide out. You can look at his stats. He's first in... Um, I think he's first in receptions. He's matter of fact, he's top three in every major wide receiver category, right? Correct. All of the stats point to the fact that he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer, correct? Correct. But why why is why wasn't he a first ballot Hall of Famer? What was the argument given as to why he wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer? Well, because of his locker room. People said locker room uh, issues. He wasn't a good teammate. But I thought that the Hall of Fame was specifically for individuals and how they performed and things like that. It seems like when when it's certain players that the media doesn't like, for whatever reason, they kind of use small things and they kind of manipulate it and they make it to where, okay, we don't like him, so we're not going to give him this. So we don't like what he did here, so we're not going to give him what he deserves, because Terrell Owens deserved to be a first battle Hall of Fame. Absolutely. If Randy Moss, 
was the first ballot Hall of Famer, and he had his issues too in a locker room. At least, and I'll I'll say at this point, and I know a lot of uh, analysts said this too. You never had the question whether or not Terrell Owens was going to give you his all when he was on the field. Preach. You can say that about Randy Moss. Randy Moss, he's even on the record saying that he plays when he wants, and you know he shows up when he shows up. You never heard that from Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens has he. Throughout his entire career, more specifically when uh, I think he broke his leg or something like that when he was with the Eagles, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah, and he played throughout. He played that game. He's always given you his all. He's always been the quintessential football player. And even he has some disruptions in the locker room, but he's always been a good locker room. He's always been a good teammate in the sense that he'll, he'll always have your back. Case in point, the whole Tony Romo scenario where he kind of cried and he was like, that's my quarterback, that's my... You know, things like that. Right. Like he's always... He's a loyal teammate. But because the media didn't like him and the way that he treated the media, they used that to withhold something from him that he deserved. And I think part of it is because he's... Not because he's black, but it hurts a little bit more when you're black and you work hard your whole career, your whole life, and for the media, which is is predominantly the people that vote on the Hall of Fame is predominantly white, for them to withhold something from you, most a black person that you worked your whole life for, it, it hurts a little bit more. Because he, he had a sensational career. So for him to not be a first ballot Hall of Famer because of the way the media viewed him, I think was unfair. And I agree with his protest. I I support his protest. I support him not going because it's bigger than just, you know, not wanting to be at the Hall of Fame ceremony. It's, it's making a point. And some people didn't like it. They thought that he should have still went, you know. It was disrespectful to the, the legends and everybody that showed up. But it was a bigger purpose, similar to Colin Kaepernick. Not exactly, but it's parallel. So that was that's what's on my mind. Very, very well said. I mean, I think... Now, one thing I will say about Terrell Owens. Was he an angel? Absolutely not. But one no. one thing you can say... Well, most wide outs aren't angels. Oh, absolutely. They're divas. Absolutely. Every, every, every star wide receiver is a diva. Let's be clear right. about that. They're, they're, they're divas. So, I think Terrell Owens is a bit misunderstood. And I, I think... His anger stems from being a guy that was passionate about his game. He really loved the game of football. And you can still see that in the fact he's trying to get back into playing football. And the fact that this guy has... You know he's he stayed in shape for so long, and he and you gotta remember his last season in Cincinnati, he darn near had a thousand yards. Right. And why? And why did he not? Why was he not retained by the Cincinnati Bengals? Because they felt that he was a distraction in the locker room. And at that point I mean, of his career, people had their little TV show. Yeah, they, that that was that was as harmless as it can get. Yeah, that yeah. was harmless. I mean, come on now. And I think that it is it, it's it's ridiculous that 
that he's being criticized for this move. And then, and I don't know if you know, but they're trying to implement a rule that you have to commit to. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You have to commit to uh, going to the ceremony, you know, after you get inducted. Well, after you get selected. It's not right. It's not yeah. right. It's bigger than just that. It seems like when, when a player is kind of um, passionate and outspoken, African-American player, He's being a diva, or he's complaining, or he's not being a team. Oh, he's, he's staying his place and all right, this other stuff. Place, but when it's in, but if it's a white player, he's passionate. He's he cares about football. He, you know, absolutely. And it's just, it's just discrepancies within that that I think are just media bias and goes deeper than that. Yeah, I agree. So I'm. So what's on my mind? I'm going to stay on the Hall of Fame topic. Okay. Now, I don't know if many people know, but Randy Moss is my favorite player of all time. Brian, all time? All time. Brian Urlach is number two. Just, just, a, just a disclaimer, just to put that in there. I'm Boy, my... Ray Lewis kind of guy myself. Man, you probably enjoyed that, that preacher speech, I, I guarantee. Oh, that 30-minute speech? Yeah, you said the back of his jacket? Lord. Goodness gracious! That, that boy need to stop using that sp- that spray on hair thing, but we gonna we gonna get into that. Oh, kiss his, kiss his sons on the mouth. Oh man! Oh man! I would have walked out. I was today. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking like? About? Like nah, I, you don't do that, bro. Chill out. Yeah, you don't do that to them. That's that's that's, that's just wrong. But all right, yeah. but back to my point. Randy Moss over the over the Hall of Fame weekend gained my respect more than he ever did playing the game of football. His time displaying the, the, the African Americans that have been killed due to police brutality and mm-hmm. the fact that he, he used a platform such as the Hall of Fame that is, that's unprecedented because we have never seen anyone take a stance like that during the Hall of Fame uh, uh, festivities and all that. Mm-hmm. But one thing that disturbed me was the messages that he received because of what he did. And we, and I can't even wrap my mind about how disgusting the message was. And this is, this is what we're dealing with. We can't, us African, African Americans, African American athletes more specifically, they have to be just athletes. And, but, but, but what bothers me about that is why can, um, why can't Randy, why can't Randy Moss talk about social issues, but Fox News brings on guys, I can't get the guy's name, I can't, I can't get his name, but, um, uh, they have got, they have got former rock stars going on. Fox News talking about politics and stuff like that. But why can't they tell them to stick to music? You know why we don't tell them to stick to music? Because everyone is entitled to their own opinion and their occupation does not define who that person is. And we have to get to a point where we have to be like, I'm more than just an athlete. I'm not some guy who, who just entertains with my craft. It's not, it can't be like that. I'm just not, I'm not just that person. And I just want to say to Randy and to everyone, any African-American athlete who wants to speak out and, you know, talk about these things, keep doing it. 
Keep doing like do not let these people that threaten you with hate mail and violence and racial slurs don't let them don't let them punk you out, man. Because these are the same people that will be cheering you on Sundays, Saturdays, Mondays, and even Thursdays. Don't let these people get to you. They're fake, and they just want you to be quiet, and they want you to entertain them. Thank you, Randy Moss. Thank you. Thank you, Randy Moss. So, this is the end of episode number four. This was a fun one, as all of our episodes are. We're, we're, we're fun people here. Yeah, we kind of we enjoy this, you know. We we enjoy we enjoy doing this, even though it is kind of hard to get everyone in line sometimes. But you know, yeah. And before before we uh, head off, I want to apologize to anyone who watched last last week's uh well last not last week but the week before its episode because we said we we was going to do great week, right. and great week will be coming our next episode. Stay tuned for that. We got y'all. We won't. We won't lie to the yeah, public. Yeah, we didn't forget about great week. It's just that there was just a great week in sports. And yeah, man. And we couldn't. We had to talk. About Absolutely. It. And you know, we will get to that, and we will drop. We will get some debates in, and trust me, you're gonna like it. And yeah, it, you're not going. And that. it's gonna be. It's gonna be an absolute brawl. And yeah. but um oh one more thing before I go off the air. Shoot. Our friend here, Talil, has something special coming up this Saturday, this next Saturday. Ain't that right? Yeah, you can say that. It's kind of special. You want to tell the people what you get into, or you want to keep it as a secret? I'll, I'll let them know. Well, <clears throat> for those of you that don't know, uh, I'm actually an amateur boxer, right? And... On August 18th, I'll be participating in a tournament at the Puerto Rican Day Parade. So I've been training hard for the past, you know, few months, few weeks, and I'm excited about it. It should be really fun, and I can't wait to go out there and showcase the skill and the hard work that I've put in. So, so yeah. And, and on behalf of me, Nate, and anyone who watches this podcast, we are rooting for you. Good luck, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You got it. That is the end of episode number four. And we will talk to y'all soon. Peace out. Peace.